We wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr., I'd like to welcome you to today's show, Holiday Shopping, Knowledge is Power. You know, I don't know where we come up with these names, but uh, show names that is, but uh, we do do that. Uh, Before I get too far into this, let me uh, once again acknowledge our sponsors, for which uh, without them we wouldn't be here talking with you. That's BQPM, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, Consultants, trainers, uh, folks that can help you prepare your company for compliance to hazardous substance process management uh, and or the uh, counterfeit avoidance programs that are out there for certification. You can find BQPM at uh, our business and quality process management, business and quality management at uh, BQPM.com. I am definitely tongue-tied today. Our other uh, sponsor, uh, Secure Components Providers. They're an independent uh, distributor providing hard-to-find and obsolete uh, materials to their customers, and a lot of those being military. You can find them at www.securecomponents.com. Just a little bit about today's show. You know, as I said, we we come up with some interesting titles for these shows, but... uh, this one particular, and particularly because of the holidays coming up and things that we're doing, the amount of hazardous substances and counterfeits in the products that consumers use every day is significantly impacting people's health and safety throughout the world. I think that's something that many of us are aware of. Affected products include household appliances. Household electronics, personal computers, printers, network equipment, telephones, cell phones, tables, video game equipment, toys, electric tools, sewing machines. Is there anything I haven't mentioned? Oh, yes. Medical devices, lighting, smoke detectors, thermostats, electric scales, carpets, couches, chairs. And that's just to name a few. When you go to buy something, think about what you're buying. That's the message here. And uh, what we're attempting to do is, is as our show um, states, working together for your safety. For more information on these things, you can go to the uh, toxic-free, uh, more information on toxic-free products, rather. You can go to the website hsf.us, that's www.hsf, is in hazardoussubstancefree.us. And for anything counterfeit or preferably anti-counterfeit, you'd want to go to www.counterfeitavoidance.org. Today's show is divided into three segments. The first two segments, my special guest, Joe Noons, and I will discuss what it takes to develop and implement a hazardous substance process management system. 
I have known Joe for a number of years, and uh, he brings a lot to the table, and we'll be talking about that. The value associated with doing this for manufacturing companies, uh, Joe has implemented this in a company, and I'm sure he'll share that with us as we proceed here. Um, well, in that in that sense, let me let me jump right into this. Um, Joe Noons. Uh, Joe has over 25 years of experience in high tech, director of quality assurance, and one of the places I have uh, collaborated, if you will, with Joe was at Pillar Data Systems and Incra Networks. Joe, I'm not going to go too far into this. I could read your bio for the next two hours and probably not get through it all. So welcome to the show, Joe. Uh, it's it's my pleasure and uh, my honor to to have you here and uh, talk with us today. If you would uh, provide, give us give the audience, if you will, a, a short uh, maybe a minute or so outline of of what what it is you do today. Well, today it's it's sort of a, a carryover from you know what we did at uh, at Pillar Data. Um, the the oversight and implementation and assurance that the products and processes that uh, we manage comply to the uh, r- regulatory guidelines. More specifically, what what I do is related a hundred percent to the Rojas um, guidelines. So I just assure that the products that I am in charge for, uh, including processes. Um, are in line, you know, with the governmental standards. So, in, in a nutshell, that's pretty much it. And uh, for the sake of our audience, Rojas, as it's often referred to, it might you might know it by another name of Rose, or you know, you actually see a lot of R O H S, and typically in a green color on packaging today. It stands for. I'm breaking up here a little bit for whatever reason. All right. Um, Rojas stands for Restriction of Hazardous Substances. And what Joe and I are talking about is that uh, compliance to that requirement, which is actually, as I recall, started in uh, the European Union. Mm. And uh, I think, Joe, that's where you got started in it, is uh, meeting requirements for the European Union. That uh, is, is correct, and uh, we realized um, at the time uh, that um, when these guidelines were, were first introduced, that at some point in the future, um, they would uh, in, encompass basically everything we do and, and every company would be affected. So. What we try to uh, to do, and, and we're successful at it, uh, is get management buy-in to get way ahead of the curve. You know, before um, we were forced into a position uh, on implementation versus um, a decision uh, on readiness. So, um, yeah, we we did a, a really good job um, on on having the foresight. Um, based on the information provided, um, you know, to to get a jump on things, and we were so glad we did uh, at the time. You know, the benefits are, are paying off in full 
today. Yeah, as I recall, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the industry you you are and were in uh, at the time you started all this was very early adoption, and it wasn't actually required. It was uh, something that had an exemption because of the type of material it was or the type of products they were? Yeah, we're in the, and, and still are, in the uh, network storage uh, arena. And it, it was a voluntary program. I mean, there's, there's no doubt um, you know, because of the exemptions for, for our particular sector. Um, but we knew that in, in time, and it actually happened uh, in a shorter period of time, that um, no matter what, industry or technology that you are in, you are going to be affected in, in some way. So we just took the steps proactively to assure that when this did come about, I mean, we would be in line for being ahead of all the competition. Um, and, and, and I believe to this day, um, we are still uh, the the only networks uh, storage company uh, that has achieved this certification to the uh, you know the warehouse process or, or the QC uh, eighty thousand process. So we're still very proud of that. And you you absolutely should be um, to help the audience a little bit. Let's let's talk when we talk about restriction of hazardous substance. We're talking about a program that was started back in in and around 2000-2003 time frame by the European Union, and it was intended initially to address the lead, the cadmium, uh, mercury, hexylvania chromate, uh, PBD and PBDE uh, flame retardants, or chemicals used as in for flame retardants. Mm-hmm. And it was primarily addressing consumer products in the electronics industry more than anything else. So when we talk about those those uh, heavy metals in products that you were uh, you were and are involved in, you're talking about gear that goes into a commercial building where family and friends typically well friends might be around, but family isn't. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe maybe family is there too, but I, I do remember your environment, so I'll, I'll stay with the thought that it the family wasn't there. Yeah. So, you know, I try and bring this back around on your, each and every show to the importance of hazardous substance free, and we'll talk more. We we will definitely talk more about your process and that, but I, I just want to remind people. Think about Joe's environment. Uh, and, and Joe, if you would, um, t- give us what, if you will, a picture of what a room would look like that has the equipment that you manufacture. What, what's, what's in that room? Is, is, it, uh, is it a super clean room and everybody's in bunny suits and protected <laughs> gear, or is it uh, just a general room where people come and go? It's um, it's a little of both, actually. Um, we don't have a clean room per se uh, where everybody's in, in white bunny suits. No, I mean that uh, doesn't doesn't exist. Um, however, um, 
during the, the manufacturing process, it's your typical um, contract manufacturing facility where um, you know the, the processes are, are controlled. It's an environment, uh, a, a warehouse environment, if you will, but um, configured in, in a way where products go down the line like an automobile line. Um, so if you could sort of picture that in, in your head with you know hundreds of people going everywhere, all um, right, and the 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 end result um, where the the entire uh, statistical uh, analysis is, is done, all the data warehousing is like a room over where we have these huge uh, boxes, you know, any, anywhere from 680 pounds to uh, 2,500 pounds of equipment um, that is the result of what comes off of that line. So if you were to walk into to one room, you would see, you know, 30, 40 boxes, huge boxes um, with... Uh, like walking into a beehive with this huge buzz of um, disk drives and everything else just spinning like crazy and uh, accessing data, you know, retrieving and sending. Um, and, and right on the other side of the wall, you know, people are completely oblivious to what's in the room next door, and they're just doing their, their, their daily routine of the specific tasks they have at hand. Okay. The reason I asked you to do that is I want to paint another piece of this picture. And it's particular to what we're talking about, uh, but on a different side of the discussion. If you would take what Joe has just described, now put my wife in there, who is uh, much younger than maybe reality today, but <laughs> picture my wife <laughs> and I a bit younger, and she's pregnant. And she's handling this equipment that Joe's talking about. She's walking around along with many others and handling that lead that uh, potentially is in the paint or the hexylvania chromate that's all over the metal to protect it from uh, corrosion. That's what this is really all about. Uh, and to that, I... I come back again, Joe. You took some steps in, in early days of this whole thing, in part because we had somebody called the European Union or a group of countries called the European Union that wanted to eliminate these or reduce these hazardous substances for the purpose of landfill and health and safety. But I reflect back on it and see my wife, my girlfriend, my sister, uh, my brother for that matter, and I see them handling all this hazardous substance and then going off to the lunchroom and having lunch and digesting, if they didn't wash their hands before they ate, whatever was on their hands. Yeah, it, it, you know, that, that paints a, a, a pretty good picture. I yeah. mean, there's a, you know, no question about it. Yeah, when we when I talk this way, obviously I'm trying to bring home the the fact that hazardous substance is is detrimental to our health, obviously, um, and we we're plagued with it day in and day out. But I, I want to come back again to what you said in the beginning of this discussion that 
you talked with management, you got management's buy-in. Talk a little bit about what that was like. Was that, I mean, did you just walk in and say, hey, management, we need to do this, and they they bowed bowed two or three times and said, yes, sire, we're going to go do it? <laughs> no, no, I... I, I <laughs> I don't have that kind of uh, authority, right? It's a, what it is, it's, it's just pure logic, right? We're um, on the guidelines. It's specific enough where um, you see things that are going to happen um, in, in a relatively short period of time. Um, a perfect example would be uh, the the Rojas guideline today, the 2011-65 um, EU, where it says in in very specific terms that all the current exemptions that we are allowed to have currently will all expire in 2016. Of course, you know th- this is is the latest and greatest um, a guideline. But if you were to rewind the, the clock uh, back to where this first started. Um, and, and knowing today what the, what the standard says, you could project out two, three years from now and say, okay, you know, we're going to be in a position where um, we're going to have to completely reconfigure everything we're doing. The manufacturers that are manufacturing these products that we're, we're building, their complete life is going to change the way they're going to, um, the, the materials they use and the process they're going to use in order to comply with this come at 2016, if you will. So having that insight, right, we um, basically put a plan together and presented it to the executive staff saying, okay, we are here today um, at some point in time in the very near future, these manufacturers are going to have to start uh, producing material that we no longer um, are going to be able to use, or we're going to have to go through a bunch of testing to validate all this new stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Why don't we get started now aligning our process for when it does come 24, 36, 48 months from now, um, it, it, it won't matter because we'll be ready for it. So whatever changes happen, um, I mean, we'll be right in, in line. And once you start throwing dollars and cents into it, then it raises their eyebrows that, okay, we could invest X amount of dollars today or... 36 months from now and invest, you know, five, six, seven, eight times more and, and jumping through hoops and timelines and all that stuff. Um, and of course, let me, let, let me interrupt you there and, yeah. and we'll, we'll leave this as a, a small cliffhanger. Okay. We need to take a break and uh, recognize the radio station and our sponsors. If you will, Joe, stay with me and my audience, I hope will be back. We need to, We'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back very shortly.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Slott, Jr. I'd like to welcome you back to today's show, Holiday Shopping, Knowing is Power, or Knowledge is Power, rather. Uh, once again, I mention our sponsors, without whom we wouldn't be here, www.bqpm.com, Business and Quality Process Management, consulting training firm that is there to help you uh, implement your hazardous substance-free and or your... Uh, counterfeit avoidance programs. They also do general quality management under the ISO 9000, uh, environmental management under 14,000, and several of the others. Our other sponsor at this time is Secure Components. You can find them at www.securecomponents.com. Secure Components is an independent distributor providing hard-to-find and obsolete materials, uh, components and materials to military and commercial industry. If you have a need and you can't find it, I'll bet you they can. They're excellent at finding uh, needles in haystacks, if you will. 
you know, by all means, uh, Todd Kramer, uh, Travis Thorman, uh, the folks there at uh, Secure Components can certainly help you out. Another one is uh, Stefan Halper. My guest today is Joe Noons. Joe is uh, an early adopter uh, in the area of Rojas, the, w, the uh, restriction of hazardous substances, and worked, uh, works with the data communications, I believe is the proper term, data communications equipment. Is uh, that right, Joe? Network storage. Network storage. Well, I was close. They they had to do with computers, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I think we, we we had folks on a cliff there. We were talking about uh, when we took a break. We were talking about management and how they just absolutely bought into everything you said the first time without any question. <laughs> yeah, if it was that easy, right? So yes, if it was that easy. When yeah. whenever we try to um, spend company money, it, it has to be um, justified. Um, and, of course, it has to make sense. And uh, where, where I left off, um, you know, pretty much was once the, the information is, is presented or was presented to the executive staff um, and, and you see it, you know, on, on, a, on a chart, the, the cost savings that... Um, by spending a couple dollars t- today, you're, you're going to save a hundred tomorrow. Uh, it made perfect sense to them, and then they jumped on the bandwagon um, almost immediately. Um, the The decision w- was made at that meeting, um, and, and that's how um, much they they bought into it. Usually, when you make a, some sort of presentation like this, that's going to um, cost money. Um, it, it takes a number of weeks t- to make a decision, um, but this w- was so uh, clear cut and, and so logical that when the meeting ended, you know the decision was, yeah, you know, we need to do this immediately. And that, uh, that and is that is unusual. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, you know the the benefits from it i mean my goodness it, it was it was horrendous and they they seen it um, immediately so so what what were some of the benefits i mean there there were companies back when you were doing this that said well we'll just wait uh we'll wait until we're forced to do it and the assumption there is that they can change overnight and everything'll be fine tomorrow morning you, you know yeah you know the people um, who have those thoughts. You know they're they're half right um, uh, until they're they're forced to do it. Yeah, I mean you're pigeonholed in, in, into doing something. However, um, being in the 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 OEM um, arena, um, and even if you're in the VAR arena, the value-added resellers, you know your whole product is contingent on the components that you get. So you have little control on uh, whether you're, you're getting um, a, a certain part that complies or not. Um, so when the European Union came out with this, uh, you know, re- restricted uh, substances, there, there was a timeline for, for implementation. Sure, right. you could wait uh, until... 
the uh, the last year or the last few months to to get it done. However, um, the the problem was introduced when the manufacturers, the suppliers of the products that you get, you know, they needed to stay ahead of the game, right? So they started implementing it. Implementing the the new technology, lead free, and so on and so forth, um, pretty quickly. So right. it was it was only a matter of time. And and I believe um, when this first came out, it, there was like a three year or two year um, implementation factor. Well, they started to change change over their lines because for them, it was life a life changing event. Um, All right. So once they started to, to produce compliant parts, the OEMs and, and, and the manufacturers like us, you know, at the tail end of, of the product, um, we had little choice. Um, we were buying components that had lead in it. And I'll use lead just because everybody's really familiar with it. Right. Um, had lead in them. And then all of a sudden, you started getting the same parts without lead. And, and in some cases, the part numbers never even changed. Okay, so you were forced as, as an end manufacturer or end user um, or pigeonholed in, into a position where now you have to make a change because of all the parts that um, you're getting uh, by default are compliant now. And now you are getting mixed parts those without lead, those with lead, and uh, it, which created um, a, a huge um, issue for um, manufacturers, um, meaning the uh, the OEM and and the VARS, because we were put in in a position where we have to identify which parts were uh, were what um, at the assembly level, which which created uh, some very annoying. Um, issues with the um, manufacturers. Um, let me let me let me uh, chime in there just a bit because, again, I I want to reflect on the fact that you're talking about a timeline that was back in the 2008 to 2010 timeframe. Right. But I recently I recently just to punctuate what you're saying, was talking to a company that makes consumer products. And uh, I won't I won't mention the name of the company. It starts with an A, but we won't say who they are. Um, they are having difficulty with reliability of their product. And this is a high high volume product. Reliability problems, and they're starting to suspect they're getting another aspect of this show: counterfeit parts. And what they mean by counterfeit is they're getting leaded parts in a production process that is set up for lead-free. Um, and from our knowledge and without getting too technical, we're talking about the difference in the assembly process, which is where, where you're talking about now, right? That is correct. And, 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 and that, by the way, is a huge, huge difference. Uh, where if you're having your process set up for lead a lead free process versus a leaded process um you're you're talking some potential serious damages right 
if it's if it's leaded parts, you're applying too much temperature exactly. and burning up parts. Right. And if it's lead free, then you're in an in a position where you've got leaded. Uh, yeah, the the inverse of that. The higher temperature for lead-free versus the lower temperature for leaded parts. And if you're backwards on that, you're either destroying parts or you're not getting them connected properly. In which, in either case, you've got the potential for reliability, serious reliability problems. That's a fact. And I suspect that's not thought of very uh, pleasantly when it comes to data storage. No, not at all. Believe me. <laughs> you know, when when I'm asking you to store my data, I expect it to be there, regardless of whether that capacitor or resistor was soldered right. So, you know, so so what we did, um, uh, you know, because uh, of the um, implementation phase uh, of the manufacturers, some component manufacturers, you know, jumped on the bandwagon. You know, relatively quick. Uh, others have the the attitude: okay, when we deplete our stock, or um, when the time comes, you know, we'll we'll go ahead and and make the the switch over. We, um, you know, got together and 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 determined: well, the best way to to handle this is to, is to create um, assembly numbers that identified uh, what elements were in the particular product. Um, as an example, one particular part number uh, knowingly didn't have um, any, uh, no rules applied to it whatsoever because of the uh, material we had on hand. As the material started coming up with lead-free, and again, I want to emphasize, I'll use lead because everybody's familiar with it. Um, right. Because there's you know, five other substances, right? Um, when, when we started getting uh, components that were uh, lead-free, you know, now we had a, a mixed batch. And, right. and the new guidelines indicated, okay, um, for, for our particular sector of the business network storage, it would be okay if you have lead. You could still ship it to, um, you know, the, the world, basically, at that time. Right. Um, so we said, okay, I mean, you know, that's, that's cool. I mean, what we could do is assign another part number to uh, identify, okay, this particular product um, complies with everything except lead. And, and, and what that did, it was, uh, it was sort of genius because as the – uh, manufacturers started jumping on board, which was a duration of uh, of a couple of years. We we were able to capitalize on that, um, uh, identifying which ones complied, which ones didn't, and then at the tail end of of the expiration date, uh, when most of the manufacturers, if not all of them, started producing compliant parts, um, we created yet another part number. Um, identifying that this particular part number um, complied 100% to the guidelines. That's how we managed the the internal processes. Um, it's not necessarily the product itself; it's the the management of the process uh, that 
you know, controlled absolutely everything, which was um, such a great benefit to um, our company. Um, you know, one of the benefits, one of the major benefits of implementing this early on um, ahead of absolutely everybody else was when customers, huge customers like AT&T, uh, uh, Bank of America, and, and, and others um, gave us the request for proposals, they're, they're pretty specific and very, very time-consuming. Um, they take right. weeks and weeks to uh, fill out and, 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 and submit back to them. From, from a quality assurance perspective and a test validation, it took us a number of days, and that's it. Why? Because our processes were so well documented, the evidence that um, we complied with all these guidelines were already in place. So all we had to do is submit one piece of paper validated through a, a third-party auditor, which we'll probably discuss in a little bit, um, and, and that was it. And, and once we submitted that to them, um, every one of them had a comment on, on how well we were uh, ahead of everybody else, you know, that were, you know, going through the, uh, the, the quotes um, against us. And uh, so huge benefits. All right. I can remember those kind of benefits back in the early uh, 1990s when the quality management system uh, programs first came out. I hate to say it, but we're we're coming up on the uh, the need for doing a break in the end of uh, our time together here. So if you could, we've got about 30 seconds left. If you could uh, kind of give us your impression on where things are going uh, when it comes to hazardous substance management. And perhaps uh, tie into that whether or not I can get you back on the show for another, uh, get you back for another show. Um, yes, you can. I'll, I'll answer that one first. <laughs> okay. Uh, if, if you're in the industry and, and you're out there listening, um, what was just covered was at the beginning of of, of this whole process, right? Of the uh, the, the environment and so on and so forth. Um, we're repeating the whole thing again, right? Because this new uh, Rojas guideline of the uh, uh, 2011-65EU gives uh, an expiration of 2016 with all the current exemptions that you're allowed to have today that all expire in 2016, which affects independent of whatever um, product you're building. So the clock sort of reset itself all over again, and all the learning that we did over these last five, six, seven, eight years um, culminates again here. So, um, so for all those listening out there, now is the time um, to align yourselves on, on the things that are shortly going to take place, because uh, things are coming to end of life components, so we need to stay ahead of the curve. Very good. Well, thank you again, Joe. And that sounds like a uh, another one of my favorite cliffhangers. We we bring Joe back to talk about now that you think you're where you're at, it's time to figure out where you're going. Um, we'll kind of tag that as the next show with Joe and look forward to uh, having you back, Joe. Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to take a short break, uh, let the radio station identify itself, let our sponsors get a uh, moment of uh, celebrity status there, and we'll be talking with you about counterfeit parts and how it all ties together with hazardous substances. Uh, Be sure to come back now. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at eccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at eccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Slott, Jr. I'd like to welcome you back to today's show, Holiday Shopping. Knowledge is power. In the first two segments of today's show, we heard what Joe Noons, my guest, has done to eradicate the costly and potentially deadly effects of hazardous substance in commercial products. In his thoughts and recommendations for addressing uh, some consumer products in general, I did get the confirmation from Joe that he would uh, entertain coming back and talking to us. He kind of left us with a bit of a cliffhanger there. 
the European Union is making changes. And contrary to what we do in the U.S., the EU has a very definite roadmap for what they're doing on hazardous substance management. And that's, you know, everybody tends to follow the European Union's direction on that at this time. So let's talk a little bit about the side effects of the holiday season um, and what that means to us. And I don't want to spend the entire remaining segment on hazardous substance, but I will leave you with this. Keep in mind that during the holiday seasons, we get a tremendous influx. Every year, we seem to get an influx of products that come into the U.S. that are purchased by U.S. companies to resell to us as consumers. And I'm particularly looking at the consumer side. We receive these products, they come in, and in the, on the good side, they're caught at um, customs and identified as being a hazardous substance-laden products exceeding the national uh, limitations of lead or cadmium or hexylvania chromate. Uh, particularly uh, becoming of particular interest today is something called phthalates. And this is particularly true in the toy industry, uh, a big thing this time of the year. And once again, we're seeing it. I read in the in the local, uh, actually not a local paper, I read on the uh, internet, where another 20,000 toy dolls were identified by customs as having excessive amounts of phthalates, which is a chlorine known to cause cancer. Uh, that was that is used to keep the uh, plastic materials uh, soft and pliable. Uh, these twenty thousand dolls were exceeding the national limits, and were fortunately caught at customs. With that said, um, I want to move over to the other side of the equation, which is counterfeit, counterfeit components, counterfeit materials, counterfeit is in fact a pandemic issue today. You've heard me say before and some of my guests have said and talked about the six billion dollar supply chain mess uh, and mess is the only way I can interpret it or, or describe it. The military has reported that they are spending about six billion dollars a year to manage uh, or to address the supply chain that has counterfeit materials in it. And counterfeit materials can be anything from a component, an electronic component primarily, but or often electronic components, that have lead when they're not supposed to. Uh, they could be used parts, resold as new. There's a tremendous amount of waste management going on around the world. We tend to take our discarded products. We recycle them because that's the right thing to do. They wind up going someplace, they get disassembled, and because those little tiny components look, quite frankly, they don't look any different than the brand new ones, they get cleaned up, they get straightened up, and they get repackaged and resold as if they're new parts. And the real positive part of that a high-volume manufacturer can buy 
tremendous amounts of material for far less money, but they're not being told that they're actually used parts. That affects the reliability of the product. How many of us have bought a refrigerator? And I'm going to pick on a refrigerator for a minute, but how many of us have bought a refrigerator lately and and thought to ourselves, gee, you know, when my mom and dad bought a refrigerator, it lasted forever. Here I am buying my third refrigerator, and uh, that's in a in a 15-year period because the first two or three that I purchased didn't last more than three to five years. Is that really because they're made inferior to prior products? They're actually so sophisticated that they just don't last as long? Or is that because they're actually getting made with counterfeit materials? And I draw your attention when I say that, think about that airplane that your sister, your brother, your son, your daughter is flying in support of world freedom and the potential for a component inside that airplane uh, to malfunction because it's actually used rather than new. There's a tremendous amount of work being done on this. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how many people I know that are involved in trying to eradicate this particular problem. I've had guests on the show uh, over the last uh, 10, 13, 10, 12 weeks now who have talked specifically about their efforts. As you've heard me say, our one of our sponsors, uh, Secure Components, was actually or is actually the first and at the moment still the only uh, internationally certified independent distributor uh, certified to the SAE 6081 uh, international standard for counterfeit mitigation. So there's a lot of work being done on this, but there's still a lot of work to do. Standards are a big piece of this, um, but more more than just standards, more than just conformity assessment. And I think Joe is still actually on the line. I, I, I don't want to trouble him to respond to this, but the reality is while process management is key to this, when we start talking about changing the way we work and the influences, that takes people committed to make a change. Um, Joe, if you're still there, you want to make a, a, a comment on that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, when, whenever um, you know, you're, you're involved in an organization, that's exactly what it is, it's an organization, right? Um, independently, we're not able to do, to do anything. Um, but with pure logic... And, and, and presented it as such to your supporters, your members of management, what's, what's right and what makes sense for the company. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a collaborative effort, definitely. It, independently, you, you cannot do it on your own. And, they, and that, that is by all means... Um, I guess I'm going to say it's an understatement, but in what I'm referring to here to the listening audience is that we cannot, people to people, working together for your safety is about bringing people to the table to get all of us fired up, if you will, to actually get out there and start demanding that our management, 
our retail industry, our suppliers. If you're a, a, an industrial buyer, you want to know that you're buying quality, that you're buying the products that you're supposed to be buying. They're not counterfeit. They're not latent with hazardous substances. That takes a major commitment on the part of everybody involved. And as a consumer, if you go to the uh, hsf.us website, you'll see uh, a, a video in the bottom right corner that specifically talks about what drove me to get involved with this. And mine is but one story. If you look at the counterfeit issues, if you go to the counterfeit uh, counterfeitavoidance.org website, there are four videos on that website. And once again, think about that counterfeit toaster that you'll see in one of those videos. And they, these are programs, these videos are actually CNN or um, uh, it's the TV network that follows our political processes and, and tapes those. They're YouTube videos, but they show you the potential effects of counterfeit and of hazardous substance products or products with hazardous substance in them, uh, it shows you the effect of that on us as consumers and just what that can mean to ourselves, to our children, uh, to our pets. Keep in mind that while the U.S. may not be the, uh, the most significant manufacturing or we're certainly doing less manufacturing than we used to do, the reality is we still drive the world relative to the manufacturing processes. Many of the parts and, and products that we receive today from, as we say, China – are actually manufactured either by or on behalf of our own uh, industry. General Motors has huge operations in China. Apple buys through contract manufacturers, but they actually oversee the development and production of their products. So it's not really China doing this to us. It's our use of the China or India or Asia or anywhere else in the world. It's actually our use of those countries and their reduced regulations that afford us the ability to produce at a lower cost. If you take away some of the regulations or many of the regulations that the U.S. has, you can build things cheaper in other countries just by not having as much regulatory requirement. That said, uh, once again, we're coming to the end of our time today. I want to leave you with a thought. It is within your power to demand hazardous substance-free and counterfeit-free products. Talk to the folks at the retail stores, if you're a, an industrial buyer or an engineer designing new things, talk to that supply chain. Engage them in what you need, the way you need it, and how you want it. That's what's going to change the way things are going forward. And that's what working together for your safety is all about. This is Stan Salat. 
on people to people working together for your safety. Have a safe and enjoyable week, and I look forward to talking to you again next Tuesday. And I. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 